0: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, October tenth. I'm your host Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother Jeff. How are things going, Jeff? Oh, good, Rod. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. Good. Doing good. the uh, The good, the nice weather here recently has has done me well, so I'm I'm not complaining. Absolutely. We have a guest with us, Brooks. Hinton Brooks, how are things going for you
1: today? They're going good. Definitely enjoying that that summer weather in November.
0: Yeah, and you're just you're just down the road from me. So, uh, so uh, yeah, we got a little bit in common there. You're you're in living in Cincinnati. I'm in Dayton. So, um, so yeah. Let's see. We got uh, before we kind of talk a little bit about you and and. Uh, your your fandom of the Browns. Let's talk about what we're drinking, guys. Or what we had to drink earlier, in some cases. Brooks, we like to let the guests go first. So, tell us about the choice of beverage that you made for the show.
1: Well, I thought since I was going to be representing the Browns fans uh, from Cincinnati, uh, I got a Rheingeist, uh, you know, they're known mostly for the and the cheetah, which is the lager. And I wanted to get something a bit strange to try and uh, kind of forgot about it till last minute. And so the third most one I usually see is this Bubbles. It's in like a salmon pink uh, uh, can. It's a rosé ale. So definitely a more uh, like, I don't know, I would say like a, a fruity, definitely a fruity beer for sure. It says it's with apple, peach, and cranberry. And uh, you know, I'm not a huge beer drinker. I like more fruity mixed drinks, you know, just the way I like to to roll. And so it's actually not that bad. Good. I've seen that one. I haven't tried it yet. I just I don't know.
0: The maybe the name or the rose. I always think it's like some kind of like, you know, kind of a a beer wine mixture. I've never read what it actually was.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got a little bit of that dry uh like when like when you're drinking a wine but it's definitely not enough to turn me away from it i think it's it's actually pretty i was surprised that i i liked it okay good
0: uh jeff i guess you uh you did your drinking a little bit earlier in the day so so Jeez. you're uh, where are you stand right now
2: uh, i've just moved on to water rod right? i mean you know we're in leaf season um here in the land of ten thousand trees um, so yeah, as I mentioned, I've, I've, I've been clearing leaves every other day for the past week and upper back is just killing me. And, um, so, you know, the, the, the ultras that I swelled down earlier were just purely for medicinal purposes. Um, yeah. and now it's, you know, <laughs> let me just, let me just rehydrate and, you know, do the podcast before bed.
0: Um, good choice. Good choice. Yeah, we, uh, we did leaves here a couple of days ago, and I think there's at least twice as many on the ground as what we raked a couple of days ago. So Right. So, yeah, and only problem is, I, you know, I get done working, and, and I have, like, 45 minutes of light left outside. Yeah. So, right. so I don't know if I'm going to get back out there before the weekend, but I'm hoping they'll all be down by then. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. So, uh, oddly enough, guys, I chose a Rheingeist as well tonight. Uh, this, uh, I bought, uh, a few different individual beers, I think a week or so ago. And this, I kind of saved to drink while Jeff was on the show. It is a cloud harvest O3 unfiltered juicy IPA. Wow. So it is a, uh, it, it's a, it's supposed to have notes of tangerine, lemon, and grapefruit in it. Um, I, I taste a little bit of fruitiness in it, not too much. It's just kind of, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe a little bit. But I, I think it's pretty good. So um, I, I won't, I won't keep telling the same story over and over. But you know, I've, I've been drinking um, more IPAs, and you know, I, I, I think I, I think I like to taste more and more. So. Um, I think this is a good one. It's um, I think it's like 6.5%, so it, it's right in that ballpark. So, anyways, guys, let's uh, let's um, let's move on after the Blitz Beverages. Brooks, we like to have our guests talk about their Browns fandom and kind of just tell their story as to what's unique about them. You know, maybe as a Browns fan, so. So we'll give you the floor and let you talk about, uh, you know, maybe how you became a Browns fan, um, any memories or anything special you would like to share.
1: Yeah, awesome. Uh, I always like to say that I've been a Browns fan uh, all my life, 23 years, but it's probably not true because I think if I write with my years here, the Browns didn't technically exist uh, when I was born. So, you know, we had to wait till. 99 for the, the reinstatement. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I go to the University of Cincinnati, so that's why I'm living down here now. But I grew up in Northwest uh, Ohio in a little town outside of Toledo, uh, pretty far outside of Toledo. And my dad was a Browns fan. And his dad was a Browns fan from when the Browns, you know, were good back in their heyday. And, you know, I just grew up watching it uh, with my dad. And I think that's really... A great story for everybody that you know looks up to uh, their father the way you know I do. We had a great relationship, and uh, so now whenever I hear that Sunday, that Sunday music makes me think of him. Uh, But in middle school, you know, high school, the Browns weren't that great, and I was playing a lot of sports. I was pretty busy, Uh, so you know, I would say I was a casual fan. Uh, I remember being a kid and really liking Tim Couch, but not really knowing very many other players on the team. And then uh, I went off to college, and I don't know what it was, but for that reason, that 16 year was the year that I really started to, to follow the Browns a lot, which I don't know if that's just bad luck or, <laughs> or uh, I don't know what you want to call that. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, but then I really started getting into, you know, knowing the names of, you know, all the coaches beside the head coach, you know, the, li- the linemen, all the defensive players who we were drafting, scouting, stuff like that. Um, just really, really getting into, you know, f- being a big, you know, mega Browns fan. And I think I, my favorite memory I like to share was, you know, from a couple of years back when we drafted Baker and Ward in that first round uh, with Dorsey. And I remember, you know, this might Uh, get me in trouble with a lot of Browns fans, but before the whole Baker-Mayfield kind of debate, I was actually a pretty big fan of Colin Cowherd. I thought a lot of the takes he had were pretty good, and I thought, you know, he seemed to call it how he sees it. He didn't really seem to follow the other media stories out there. Obviously, now, I think his unwillingness to leave the the Baker-Mayfield hated is definitely turned me away. But I remember really going uh like thinking about who who should the Browns draft this year you know we got the first pick we got the fourth pick and at this point after the Browns losing all my life I was like I really just wanted to take the safe pick I really was feeling more Darnold than Baker but you know I was trusting in Dorsey because I really liked his go trade and win now kind of mentality you know with Landry and Hyde and uh Tyrod Taylor and all that and Uh, So then they drafted Baker. I wasn't that upset, but, you know, I was a little upset. But then when it got around to the the fourth pick, they took Ward uh, over. I thought that they would take Chubb, the lineman that went to Denver. I can't remember correctly if they took uh, Chubb before us or not. But I just remember that when they called Ward, I hadn't done enough research to have really, like, had his name, like, ingrained in my mind. I didn't know that he was such a top corner. And so I was really disappointed. I remember I was like, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe, you know, the Browns are always gonna Browns it and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm more than happy to admit that I was completely wrong. But it was definitely a rough night. Uh, in, in the Hinton household, I remember yelling throughout the house. I'm I'm taller than both the people we drafted tonight, Dad. I don't know why, I don't know why we're doing this. But thankfully, I was wrong, and you know, things seem to be on the up and up, which is you know looking good for the future.
0: It was a rough night. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was watching that draft with a group of Browns backers, and you could have heard a pin drop, really, I think. And that threw out, you know, picks one through four. Uh, and then the room kind of, the room just emptied emptied out slowly. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was wild, uh, you know. I was the same way. I thought the Browns were going to take Darnold, um, you know, or, or maybe Josh Allen. Uh, I really didn't think they were going to take Baker, but you know, once it, once they took him, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan and you know, I want, want him to do well. Um, you know, I mean, the draft is the draft is the draft. I mean, just ask, just ask Jeff, you know, we've seen enough of these things, you know, it, it's real easy to react to, to a draft early. Um, uh, you really don't know about a draft for several seasons. Um, You know, even at this point, do we really know, you know, if that draft was handled properly, you know?
2: um, One thing you can count on with a draft rod is no matter how high we pick or how many picks we have, Browns fans will always be disappointed at the outcome.
1: (laughs) I think, yeah, maybe, well, that draft, I think maybe that draft is a good reminder that we're the fans for a reason and it's our job to, to cheer on the team and not not make the draft picks.
0: Yeah, because we can look at guys that are gone, but you know the first uh, the first three picks are, are still around and they're pretty darn good players. So um yeah. Anyways guys, so we're at the the Halfway point of the season, Browns five and three. Uh, it's still, you know, pretty good record, right? So uh, we got uh, eight games left, and I guess uh, I guess we can start just by maybe looking at the first game, and then we'll then we'll uh, take a look at the rest of the schedule. So the Browns the Browns face uh, the Texans at home. Uh, Texans are two and six. Uh, Browns are a two and a half point favorite at home. The over unders 53 and a half on this game. So let's just talk real general first before we even bust out any stats. Um, what do you what do you guys expect to see in this game? Just kind of a you know maybe just general ideas um, of what type of game you're looking for here. And we'll let you start um, Jeff.
2: Oh, okay. Um, well, the, the first thing I think is uh, the Texans give up a ton of yards. Um, so we're – and and almost as many points as we do. Uh, I think now it's slightly more. Um, so, again, we're looking at a pretty high-scoring game, and I've been saying all year I'm going to take the over every week in every Browns game. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, the, 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 the great thing is that hopefully with the bye week – Um, and guys coming back were healthy for the first time in a long time. Um, hopefully Baker is able to get the COVID tests sorted out so that he can play. Um, but any, either way you look at it, I think this is going to be a game of, um, a lot of yards, a lot of points again. Of course, I, you know, I thought that would happen with the Raiders, (laughs) But, but, um, My first guess is it's going to be probably a pretty high-scoring game. The weather's going to be more conducive to passing. um, And, you know, hopefully we can out out outshoot them again.
0: Yeah, so what do you you think, Brooks? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I definitely – I mean, overs have been great all around the league, let alone, you know, in all the Browns games. So definitely a good bet there. The Texans are such a weird team this year, you know, with the whole – off season, Bill O'Brien, you know, drama, trading away Hopkins and stuff like that, and and then watching their games, you know, I, I just pulled up their schedule and I'm seeing here, you know, their their win loss total isn't great, but I mean they've got the Titans to overtime, they've got the Steelers down by a touchdown. I mean the Steelers obviously proved this last week that they're not exactly the team. We the Browns made them look like, but I so you know you can't discount Deshaun Watson and the offense, but I really think this game's going to have to be about Kevin Stefanski saying, we got the best running back, arguably, in the league back. We've got our line back at full force. Let's look at the film of when we were doing good, and whether Baker's there or not, it's got to be the return to pounding the ball, the play action, Baker having the easy, the easy throws they likes to make, and in terms of the Browns' defensive side of the ball, you know, One thing that has been really encouraging is they don't really seem to give up a lot of big plays. I was listening to the episode you had last week and, you know, talking about how the Raiders had so much time of possession. How did the Browns, you know, we only punted twice and we still only scored what the six points we, we just give up everything in front of us. So it's really going to be, I think for the defense is finally turning that, keeping everything in front of us to actual stops. But I think, I think the Browns could, easily turn this game into into a runaway if they stay disciplined and do those things. If not, then you might get one of those games that's kind of down to the wire and, you know, they're going to have to fight for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look, the Texans have lost the time of possession battle, uh, you know, so far this season, they're averaging just around 27 minutes. Um, they're, they're also down in, in turnover ratio, minus four, uh, you know, I think, uh, I believe Duke Johnson's going to be starting for him at, at running back. Uh, so, they're, you know, they're they're down there. Um, at wide receiver. I mean, w- Will Fuller's tough, guys, but, um, you know, he's doing a lot of it, you know, by himself. Um, Deshaun Watson's numbers are good, though. You know, I mean, he, he's, he's a good player. Uh, very good, you know, and... He, I was just looking at his numbers, and his numbers are are uh, are actually similar to Baker's numbers. I mean, but better. Um, I think he's what 17 and five, and Baker's you know like 15 at seven, uh, something like that. Um, and he's throwing for like 2,300 yards, you know, on an offense with not a ton of weapons. I mean, he's he's doing he's doing a lot. So, um, but yeah, you really hope that the defense the defense can slow down the few guys that they need to slow down on that offense um, and, you know, and make some things happen. So here's the question then. Um, Nick Chubb, from all accounts, looks really good. What do you guys expect to see from him on Sunday? And I'll, I'll let you kick this one off, Brooks.
1: Well, I think it's going to really depend on, you know, are they going to have them on some kind of pitch count or, you know, are they going to yeah. have them limited? How, you know, you've just gone off of, uh, I don't, I think four games, five games of, you know, Kareem Hunt being your main ball carrier. So, you know, the whole debate before the season was how are you going to balance the two? And I think it comes back, you know, to that fundamentally first, are, are you going to try and, Lean lean Chubb back into the offense, or is he going to be 100% right away? I think no matter what, you're going to see. Yeah, Kareem hunts a really good back, but once you see those first couple plays, if Chubb is pretty much up to speed, it's still going to be the wow. Like he, he just is hard to tackle, and he is always moving forward. Kind of really what Josh Jacobs did for the Raiders last week. I always felt whenever we were hitting Jacobs. It was another three or four yards, and then those runs of two or three yards were five to seven. Right. And I think that's what yeah. Chubb does so good, so or so well. So,
0: yeah. What, what do you think, Jeff? You expect him to be on some kind of leash on Sunday?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I would be surprised if he gets more than ten or twelve carries. Um, just trying to work him back into the offense, and there's you know, there's so many weapons as we've discussed on this team that there's no need to to burden. Nick Chubb in his first game back. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'd, I'd ease him back in. Um, great change of pace, um, you know, versus what we've been doing the last few weeks. Um, but not, you know, not
0: dump the offense on his shoulders. It doesn't matter how the game's going for you as far as how much you involve him or not? Are you just doing it to, to be careful with him? I, no, I don't think it matters
2: how the game is going. Again, I think we've got enough guys that can execute our game plan without having to build a game plan around Nick Chubb and his first game back. And I would, I would think that coming off a knee injury, it's more important to um, build him back up um, without risking further injury. So in this first game, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much on his shoulders.
0: Do you you agree with that, Brooks? Are you looking in that same area,
1: 12 12 carries, or what do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure numerically what, you know, I'm not very good at knowing and guessing that, but I 100% agree, you know, if you're going to have one of the best running backs in the league, you know, for the future, and, you know, everything about Chubb's personality makes me think that he would probably like to be, with the Browns long-term, you're, you're not looking at a season where you're in your first head coaching year and everything's kind of starting to come together. Next year is really going to be the huge year where you expect them to be one of the more top teams in the NFL to mm-hmm. risk something in a in a game when you're, you have a good record and this team isn't at the top of the league, two and five or whatever the Texans are. So I, I 100% agree, definitely would make more sense to me to have him on that that 12 to 15 carries area
0: yeah yeah and i I agree with you guys i I would be surprised if he gets more than 15. you know i mean nick chubb is definitely a kind of uh you know a rhythm running back he needs carries to kind of get it going sometimes so so you don't want to limit him to like eight or ten you know but i think if you get him up to 12 or 15 he might be able to get something going but that's but yeah, I, I don't think you really want to do much more than that in his first game back just because he hasn't been playing. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh we don't don't know if we're gonna see Wyatt Teller or not. It's gonna sure gonna be nice to see him back when he comes back though, and it's not because the offensive line's been playing poorly, it's just because of how well he was playing when he was in there. So getting Wyatt Teller back and Nick Chubb at some point uh, I guess regardless of of which game that is and how we play, that's that's going to be a big boost for for the offense. Uh, it should be nice if it happens this week, don't you guys think? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It stars- sounds like
2: Hooper's going Hooper's going to be back also. Um, you know, the team's definitely getting healthy. You know, as a result of the bye week.
0: Yeah. Miles, uh, I think miles is hopefully feeling better from his injuries. Um, you know, the guy we haven't talked about it is, is Baker. He's on the the COVID list just because of a possible, because of being exposed to somebody who had it, he doesn't have any symptoms. So you guys have any concern there that Baker's going to be ready and able to play on Sunday?
1: I don't think, uh, I have too many concerns. Uh, again, I feel like even if he does test positive by some wild, you know, the contact and just happened to ha- happen to happen, uh, you know, with the Texans and then, you know, as we we're going to talk about a little bit later, the rest of the schedule, these next couple of games, I wouldn't go into crisis mood throwing in, uh, you know, the back, um, not Kirk Cousins, but a Case Keenum. Yeah, Case Keenum. You know, with the schedule we have and the way that Stefanski has been called the offense. And another thing to look at, too, you know, home against the Texans, home next week against the Eagles. So a lot of time to rest up this bye week. I feel like it couldn't have come at a, a more perfect time for, for the team.
2: Well, and I just I wonder how healed the, the injury, the shoulder or rib injury is as well. And if it wouldn't do him some good to miss another week of
1: punishment. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that.
0: Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yeah, with all the guys that have been banged up, he could be the guy who's really, you know, or one of the guys who's hurting the most that's just trying to suck it up and play through it. Right. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, of course, having Nick Chubb back and being able to run more than pass is definitely some good therapy for whoever's playing quarterback. So well, just that's looked,
2: why it's nice to have that veteran backup, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, n- nobody wants to see Case Keenum out there all the time. Well, not not many of not many of us, anyways. Um, <laughs> some people do. <laughs> some people do, but most of us don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's why you have a guy like him. Is if you need him for a game or two, you know, hopefully. So so yeah, you know, if it happens, it happens. Uh, just looking at the the sack numbers, uh, te- the uh, Texans have given up twenty four sacks, and I'm, I don't. I'm assuming they've had their bye, so I'm assuming that's in eight games. So that's three sacks a game. So you guys think Miles hopefully uh, gets back on the board here in this game? That would sure. be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. So he's. We want to see him kind of get that record behind him quick. That team record, even though that's he probably doesn't really even care about the team record. He's probably looking at just putting up a big number and winning Defensive Player of the Year. He could probably care less about the the fourteen because that's you know that's not really a big number for him, even though it would you know put him in the books for the Browns. But, uh, but yeah, definitely definitely interesting. I I think he's I I think Miles is gonna. Uh, of course, it's kind of silly to predict that Miles is going to do something good in a game because <laughs> he's done it almost every game. He's done something, right. so so yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely interesting to see how, you know, him being back after Olivier Vernon had those had our only sacks last week. To see if uh it opens up more for the rest of the line. You know, with him being completely healthy, or you know how the Texans might tackle that.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking they'll probably still pay a lot of attention to Miles. <laughs>
1: yeah. I meant Miles opening stuff up for Vernon. You know, probably. No, I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you're an offensive coordinator in this league and you're not double-teaming Garrett on almost any path play you're running. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm
0: surprised because it seems like in prior seasons he he has had more double and triple teams than he has this year. And and uh, you know, I mean. I mean, the other guys are doing some stuff, but uh, but, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised. Maybe I I guess maybe you just have to give uh, give Joe Woods uh, you know some credit for the way he's doing his job, um, you know, with the defensive for line. he sure. was getting Miles free in there because he's got to be creating some things in order to get Miles those opportunities too.
2: Well, and I hope that we see an evolution in this defense for the rest of the season. I and mean, hopefully the, the bye week was an opportunity to sort of install some new concepts and, and things that will help us to be more impactful on the defensive side. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're limited from a personnel standpoint, but getting people healthy and um, you know, just some time to game plan. Um, I hope it's not, you know, just us watching Miles do his thing. I, I hope that there are some other guys involved and and we get back yeah. to creating some turnovers on defense.
1: Yeah, another injury to look at, too. Uh, I think Phillips is going to be, you know, what's back at practice with those, the rest of those guys that were coming back. So just something to look at.
0: Well, the more healthy bodies they have, you know, it just it just helps. Um, gives them more opportunities, more guys to put out there. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think uh, from what I from what I heard, the uh, um, uh, Stefanski and, and uh, Woods, uh, I believe, got together and and had some discussions, which which you would normally do, anyways. Um, you know, I, at a buy, kind of grade yourself and look at where things are. But I think they did that with the defense and tried to look at what they needed to do and some things um, because they. They feel and admit that the defense is, is underperforming. So, so we'll see, we'll see, um, we'll see what they've found. Um, and like you said, Jeff, hopefully they find some answers because yeah, you can't, you can't rely on two guys. You can't, you know, and it's not that the other guys aren't trying. Um, maybe you need some new combinations. Uh, maybe you need some new schemes, uh, you know, put some guys in different spots, uh, you know, help some guys and, you know, back up some guys, uh, where they need it. So hopefully that hopefully they found some things out and hopefully we'll see some difference, uh, you know, some differences and, um, man, some, some turnovers again would, would definitely be nice. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I tell you what, we'll hold off predictions for this Texans game till the till the end. Let's let's take a look at the schedule real quick. What we have in the second half, and we're not going to do this every every week, but since we're at the halfway point, you know, Browns go five and three in the first half. What do we think is going to happen in the second half? And you don't have to predict all this, but you know, I'm just looking at it. and, And Browns have the Texans at home. They got the Eagles at home. Then they. Uh, go to Jacksonville, um, to Tennessee. Then they host the uh, Ravens on a Monday night. Then they go to the, to the Giants and Jets, same place, I guess. And then uh, then they host the Steelers in the obligatory season finale. Uh, just happens to be in Cleveland this year somehow. Um, so you know, just going through this, I mean, there are there are three. Games against teams with winning records, you know, I, uh, Steelers, Ravens, and, and Titans, and I mean, they're, they're good teams. Uh, Titans have kind of been a little up and down. You know, they have not looked, they have not looked like the the team that killed everybody. You know, for at least a period of time in the playoffs last year, every single week. But man, they're they're a tough team when they're rolling. I'll say that. Um so beyond those three teams I think you know uh um Brooks was talking about the, the the Texans you know they they've had they've been in some games um played pretty tough I think you have to admit that the Eagles are probably better than 3-4 and 1 um took some early losses they had a lot of guys out and they're getting healthier they're also a first place team um uh, playing for something and other than that you know i think uh you know you have to expect that the browns can beat the jaguars giants and jets if they can't beat those three teams then then you know then then we're really not trying for the playoffs this year let's put it that way so how how do you guys see the rest of the schedule and brooks i'm going to let you go
1: first yeah, I remember looking at the schedule at the begin beginning of the year and thinking, man, it looks like we got we got pretty lucky with the schedule. And looking at it at the halfway point now, you know, to see the Cowboys are the team that they are, you know, especially that first half, pretty even luckier. Perhaps I think five and three again for the bad half is not asking to like a lot from the Browns at all. I think if you you win the games you expect them to win uh, against like you said, uh, both New York teams and Jacksonville. And then I think even though the Eagles and the Texans are maybe a little bit better than their record, although I'm not any anywhere near a believer in Wentz, um, I think you are the better team. So if you win the games you're expected to win and you lose the games you say, well, we haven't been able to play necessarily the greatest in the big game moments, you drop those. I think looking at 10 and 6 is definitely not unrealistic at all. I think uh, it'll it'll be nice for the Browns to have uh, the games against their divisional opponents that they lost in the first half, the Ravens and the Steelers, at home. I think it'll help them out. And, you know, I think we caught the Ravens and we caught uh, the Steelers at times when they were hot. And now the Ravens regressing a little bit. And, you know, the Steelers last week regress a little bit. Uh, you know, how much of that is Big Ben's injury or whatever is going on, you know? who's to say, but I think the, the five and three is what I would post as my, like a uh, goal for the Browns here in the second half. Yeah. And what do you think, Jeff?
2: Well, I think every year you, you win games or a game, you win a game you're supposed to lose and you lose a game. You're supposed to win. Um, maybe losing to the Raiders was the game we were supposed to win. I think there's probably a game in the second half of the schedule that everybody kind of is looking at as a loss that we're probably going to win. Um, that may be the Ravens at home. Um, that may be the last game against the Steelers, just depending on what's on the line at that point And, you know, mm-hmm. who the Steelers rest. Um, you know, I, I think the, the, the three, four to five win range is going to be determined based on how they do against the Texans and the Eagles. Um, These are two games that, that we should be competitive in. Um, If we win them both, I think there's a great chance that we end up with 10 wins on the season. Um, If we split, we're probably looking at nine wins on the season. Um, If something absolutely terrible happens and we only win three of our last eight games. Um, And they're, you know, even if they're against these really crappy teams, um, I still look at eight and eight as something for us to build on going into next year. Yes, it would be disappointing. We'd be outside the playoffs. Um, But as long as we're competitive in these last eight games and it looks like we're, we're building something here. um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be super disappointed um, at missing the playoffs this year.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I think, um, you know, way back before the season started, I was hoping for eight and eight, nine and seven, you know, somewhere in that range and growth. And the thing that changed a lot of this is the fact that the team started winning, you know, in in week two. And I don't think – Regardless of who they were playing, I don't think, um, at least I didn't expect them to be ready to win at that point just because of uh, the way the offseason went.
2: Right. Um, That took a lot of pressure off of the back half of the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. So so they won early. So now, yeah, I mean, it it just depends. Um, We haven't seen complete consistency from this offense yet. So it it depends how the offense looks and the defense, if the defense can get back to playing the way it was, you know, the way it played um, more in weeks, what, two through two through six, say, uh, when they were creating turnovers, then then, yeah, I I could see the Browns winning, you know, you know, five, maybe even six of these games if they're really rolling. But but yeah, there's a there's a good chance they all, that they only went three or four of them too because you you're gonna have to play against the Texans, you're gonna have to play against the Eagles, um, you know. Uh, Jaguars have been in games and and you know, I, I think a lot of people looked at this Texans, Eagles, Jags, you know, run uh, Titans that the Browns were going to go three and one in this and it was going to be easy and it's like
2: yeah,
0: you know, not so much. Um,
2: well, yeah. The, the the book is out on on our defense. Um I think the, the Raiders showed the formula. Um, so it goes back to what I said about, you know, can they adapt, can they evolve um, yeah. to be able to respond,
0: you know, to those those types of game plans. Right. If if the Raiders can do that, I mean what what's uh what are the Titans gonna do against the Browns right. running the ball? You know, <laughs> run for three hundred yards. Be, you know, be- yeah, that could be an ugly game, quick. So, um, so yeah, but no, if the Browns can beat the you know the Texans, uh, if they can split Texans, Eagles, and beat the Jags, then uh, you know beat the Giants and Jets. You know that's four wins. That that's nine, and you never know. Maybe maybe they can steal and against the the Steelers, Ravens, or Titans. Yeah, it, it could yep. happen. It could definitely yep. happen. So, so yeah, but eight, nine, or ten wins. I you know I'm happy. I'm happy. Yep.
1: Yeah, that's I think the thing that most Browns fans, you know, at this halfway point have to kind of keep at the at the back of their mind is what were your expectations after the huge disappointment of the Kitchen season and getting a new head coach and you know all this all this murky uh you know what what is our offense going to be? How is it going to work? To then you were winning against the Cowboys who at the time, you know, we thought were a better team than they are and the Colts and you're sitting at four and one and thinking, Oh, now, now we we should only lose three games the rest of the year. You know, you have to remember those expectations you had at the beginning of the season and say, Hey, if we're pushing for a playoff spot by the end, that's for a first year head coach and, you know, Baker under his third or fourth head coach in the NFL. That's a, a good season for sure. That's very true.
0: Yeah. I mean, guys, Jeff, I'm going to relate this back to, back to cars. You know, this is like, this is like we, we got a a new driver for this car. We're going to enter in in this car show and, and we've put some nice wheels on it and we, we've got a nice engine in it and, you know, and we've kind of got the body together, but we haven't painted it or bought a new convertible top for it. And, you know, and, and some people are expecting us to win the car show right but it's only half done yeah you know i mean they they built the offense it was understood that that the defense is coming okay the defense has some pieces but the defense is going to be addressed this coming off season and Hopefully. I, well i mean that's i mean that's <laughs> that's kind of what we've been led to believe you know uh, that I, I would expect the, the draft and, and free agency to lean more toward the defense this coming season. Right. We need yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah.
1: And you have to remember you're getting Delpit back at the start of next season, too. Yeah. Which yeah. I guarantee yeah. but another piece, you know, hopefully. You yeah. Hopefully
2: he's he's after Achilles surgery. Hopefully he's the player that you thought he was. So yeah, there, there's a lot of question marks still on the defense, and to your point, Rod, it's going to take time to address all those needs on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, but I mean, you guys are right on target. Uh, you, you 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 look at the growth, um, you, you see you see progress, you see a, a a decent record. You know, I mean, if the Browns win. If the Browns won ten games this season, that would be that would be incredible. I mean, what a turnaround that would be, you know. If and if they win eight or nine, you're seeing tremendous progress.
1: Yeah, and to Jeff's point, you know, talking about you in the NFL, it's so easy to, you know, the last week the Steelers almost lost and the Titans lost to the Bengals. You know, it's so these are the, I mean, feasibly the world's best football players. You know, playing week to week, so you're going to – it's hard to win – any any Browns fan knows it's hard to win NFL games. But <laughs> the fact that, uh, for me, whether they win 8, 9, 10, it's just such a different feel to watching it where, you know, that 0-16 year, there was a lot of games where we were right there. You know, we lost by maybe just a touchdown. But, you know, watch, I'll say something and it'll happen next week. But, you know, we haven't dropped the punt. We haven't, you know – we had the fumble by uh, Bryant at the beginning of last game, but the you know Baker makes some errant throws, but everybody makes errant throws. So just to be able to go into games and feel confident about the play calling and say, you know, I feel like those things that happen that you would consider unlucky are because you're a bad team. And now to have a team like you said, you know, in the process to becoming one of those top teams, it's just a such a different experience to watch. And whether However many games we end up winning, it's it's a new Browns. I can't I can't live with this narrative anymore that we're just gonna be the bottom of the league. It doesn't seem like that plausible to me anymore. Well, oh, that's a big step. Yeah,
0: yeah, people expect there are too many Browns fans that expect perfection when we've dealt with darn near the opposite for 20 years. Exactly. So you have to expect or you you have to appreciate the growth, okay, and see the positives. And you have to realize what's happening around the league, especially this season. They're – even the best teams, even the good teams, are, are getting their butts kicked some weeks. You know, the Chiefs took took a loss to the Raiders, you know, that that people just couldn't believe, okay? Uh, I, I don't know uh, – Brooks, I don't know if you play fantasy football. I know Jeff doesn't, but, guys – uh, the Browns Blitz is in a, a a a Browns podcast fantasy football league. Okay, this past week I started uh, Tom Brady against um, uh, against the Saints, and I started the New England Patriots defense against the Jets because the Jets. Offense has given up the most points uh, of any offense against defenses. Okay, between those two guy, between Brady and that defense, I got about four points, <laughs> and and I lost my 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 match by like eight points. Okay, all I needed was like a dozen points between those two to win my match. Okay, that stuff mm-hmm. never happens. It was Brady's worst game of his career. And it was probably the most, you know, and it was probably the, you know, the least points any defense has scored against the Jets all season long. (laughs) So maybe it's me as a Browns fan. I don't know. But, you know, all all I'm trying to say is weird stuff happens all over the place. You can't expect weird stuff not to happen in Cleveland, even when we're coming back. So you got to let these guys grow. You know, if they get their butts kicked one week, it doesn't mean that things are going wrong. You know, you just got to you got to take a step back and learn from it and, and move on to the next week. That's what the good teams do.
1: Yeah, 100%. And a lot of that starts with who's in charge of the team, you know, who, who how are the practices going after, what are they looking at. So definitely it seems almost every Browns fan is super happy with Kevin Stefanski so far. So I hope that keeps yeah. up as well. Yeah.
0: So guys, maybe you don't know this The ladies do Etsy.com Go there and check it out It's not just for women It's a place where you can go and shop And find something for the special lady Go there and do a search for Skipping Stones the shop S-K-I-P-P-I-N-S-T-O-N-E-Z Find handmade jewelry And other gift ideas It's painless There's free shipping on qualifying orders now let's get back to the podcast. So Jeff, i am going to turn it over to you. Okay. You have uh, some entertainment for us. <laughs> you know,
2: it's, it's a bye week um, Things are a little slow. I thought, you know, we haven't done trivia in a while. Um, so why not roll out some trivia? Um, and Brooks, I, I apologize ahead of time. Um, <laughs> When I put this together, um, I didn't know who the guest was going to be. So there's some old brown stuff in here that may be a little outside your wheelhouse. Maybe you'll surprise me. I don't know. Um, Maybe some of your your dad and granddad have rubbed off on you. Um, But um, the way we're going to do this um, is uh, in honor of the passing of the great game show host Alex Trebek, recently we're, we're going to do this jeopardy style uh um, right. so what i've done is i've i've come up with three categories um uh, players coaches and front office Okay. front office including owners presidents gms there's been all kinds of different titles okay um but, and within each of those three categories, there are three questions: a 100-point question, a 200-point question, and a 300-point question. Okay, you can pick any question you want. Okay, the, the last one to get the question right gets to pick the next question. We're going to add points. We're not going to subtract. Okay, so first guy that that shouts out his name gets to answer first. So while I'm reading the question.
0: If you got the Three
2: categories, Jeff:
0: players, coaches, and uh, front office. Players,
2: coaches, and front office. Okay. Yep. So you can you can take players for two hundred. You can take front office for three hundred. Once we use a question, I'll, it's out. Okay. Um, and I'll I'll keep a running total of your score here, and then I've got a tiebreaker at the end if if we need that. Um, the questions do get a little bit harder in my estimation from one hundred to three hundred. Okay. Um, So, Brooks, you're the guest. I'll let you go first. Um, When I read the question, either just shout out your name when you think you know the answer, and then I'll call on you to give the answer. If you give the wrong answer, I'll give the other person a chance at the question. If nobody gets it, we just move on. Okay?
1: Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. I definitely... Might have a Google tab open in the background, but you don't have to. Yeah, worry about
0: well, that's cheating. <laughs> um, that's so cheating. That's, I think I is, get 500 points for that.
1: <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to count. I'm going to
2: count down in my head. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. And if you don't give me an answer, I'm going to buzz <laughs> you. Okay. So no, no time for googling.
1: All right, all um, right,
2: <laughs> Brooks. So your categories are players, coaches, and front office. 100, 200, 300. Everything's on the board right now. Choose a question.
1: Well, I'm going to start with what I think I would probably have the best shot at. So I'll go players for 100.
2: All right, players for 100. He caught 63 passes and rushed for 1,034
1: yards in 1980. If this is 100, I'm not feeling good about and
0: that.
2: Rod, <laughs> you want to take a shot at it?
0: 1980, um... Greg Pruitt.
2: You were very close. It was actually Mike Pruitt. Was it Mike. Okay,
0: I knew it was one or the okay. other. Okay. I so no points for that sure. one. Darn. All right. And that was the one hundred. Uh, Darn it.
2: That was the one hundred. <laughs> okay, <laughs> these might be too hard. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, um, Brooks. We're going to let you choose
2: again.
1: Uh, well, let's go over to coaches for a hundred.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm. Coaches for 100. And Rod, by the way, you, know, you can you can buzz in if you want to give the answer, okay?
0: What do you want me to say? Just buzz in? Just
2: say your name. Just say your name. Just say Rod. I've got the answer. Okay.
0: Just say Rod. Okay. okay. All right. So uh, coaches for 100.
2: Um, citing diminishing skills, he cut Bernie Kosar Rod. in the middle. Okay.
0: Bill Belichick.
2: Bill Belichick is correct. Oh,
1: my might have 1993,
2: 1993 season.
1: I okay, might so run that
2: one with the whole clip. Rod gets a hundred points.
0: I let you say about five more words than I really needed, but <laughs> oh, well, I figured diminishing skills would have done it. Yeah. Okay. That's all I really needed. <laughs> all right, Rod, Maybe you get to choose a question. Uh, well, let's go back to players for uh, players for two. I got to get a player one.
2: Players, players for two hundred. Okay. He kicked the winning field goal in the nineteen eighty six. Double overtime playoff victory versus the Jets. Rod. Okay. Matt Stover. Incorrect. You got a
1: guess, Brooks? I do <laughs> I know the game you're talking about. I I can't come up with the kicker. Okay. It was Mark Mosley. Yeah. 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 I don't think I would have got out there. I think I was thinking of someone else. Yeah.
2: Okay, let's go back to Rod. Uh, let's go
0: to three. 300. Players, 300.
1: Players
2: for 300. Okay. Though
0: he is not a
2: member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, his number 46 is retired by the team. Time. I don't know Neither one of you wants to take a shot at There's only five uniform numbers that are retired By the Browns Number 46 is Don Fleming
0: Don Um, Mm. Fleming
2: Yeah, yeah. number 45 is Ernie Davis And what they have in common is They both died young Actually within 17 days of each other Um, So Don Fleming's Uniform was retired In 1963 after He only played with the team for three seasons Mm. He died in a construction accident Wow.
0: So yeah. I'll be honest, I okay. did not know much about him.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, so that wipes out that wipes out players.
0: A um, very successful category for, for
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna go we're gonna go back to Rod. You've got we'll go coaches, coaches for two
0: and three. Okay, coaches
2: for two, two. two, okay, two. hundred. Uh, okay. His Browns team was the last to win a championship in
0: nineteen sixty four. Rod.
2: Go
1: ahead.
0: Blanton Collier.
1: You got it. Correct. Yeah. See, for me, I'm recognizing all the names, but I was not like I not exactly my forte.
2: Like I said, it's a little unfair probably to you, Bruce. All right. We'll go. We'll go coaches for three. Coaches for 300. A Hall of Famer who appeared in a Super Bowl as both a player and a coach. Time. Either one of you want to take a shot?
0: Mm. I'll take a shot.
2: Go ahead, Ron.
0: No, no that's not who I was thinking of. I don't, I don't know who it is.
2: It's Forrest Gregg. He actually oh, okay. uh, won, won a Super Bowl with the Cowboys in 71 and the Bengals to a loss in 81, but he also won six NFL championships as a Packer. Okay. All right. So that leaves us with front office for one, two, and three. Go ahead, Rod.
0: I'll, we'll start with one.
2: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: Not feeling real confident in this category. I don't think either one of us is. No. You never know. You never uh,
2: okay, front office for 100. This pariah fired Paul Brown in 1963. Rod.
1: Okay, Rod. Art Modell. Yep. Yeah. I was just about to. I would have got that one. Brooks. It's a bit slow.
2: You got to buzz in. You, you got to The, you gotta the, gotta buzz the trick with these game shows is the <laughs> buzzer. The buzzers <laughs> can <laughs> be tricky. <laughs> <Yeah. They> can <laughs> be. We'll go for two. All right. Front office for 200. The highlight of his drafts was selecting Joe Thomas in 2007.
1: Brooks. Go ahead brooks. Try, in 2007 i'll try sashi brown i don't think it's right i think it's too early for him but no, i had to no, guess that's
2: that's not correct
1: yeah got, I, got a guess rod
0: um phil savage correct
2: mm-hmm. brooks you could have made it close with that one yeah okay, rod yeah, last, I just had, last I question had to <laughs> Last question, and there's no daily double. (laughs) Well, what the hell? Let's make this a daily double. Um, Front office for 300. With Paul Brown, he founded the team in 1945. Time. I don't remember. you got to guess. I don't remember his name.
1: Yeah, I can't come up with it either.
0: Arthur B. Mickey McBride. Yeah. yeah. I know. I just couldn't think of his name.
2: All right. So Rod ends up with six hundred points. Brooks
1: takes the collar. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Oh <my> <laughs> it's like those uh, people that were on uh, that clip of of Alex Trebek doing the football Jeopardy, and nobody <laughs> they couldn't come up with any answer in the whole category. Right. This All right, sort of so here's here's
2: career. what we'll do. We'll we'll go double or nothing, okay? Um <laughs> the, the the tiebreaker question um is tell me the, the total number of points scored by the Browns in the regular season games in 2019. And what we're gonna do is give you two points for each point that they scored.
1: So we're guessing how yeah. many they scored total.
2: Yeah, how many how many total points the Browns scored last year in regular season games? So all 16 games added up.
0: And what, whoever's closest?
2: Yeah, whoever's closest is gonna get the number of points that they scored times two. So so Brooks can technically catch you on this one, Ron.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> He's looking it up.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> no. We're, we're at time. Scouts honor. Your guesses. I'm, I'm gonna guess four hundred and eighty-five. Uh, I'm Rod? gonna go. I'm gonna
0: go with uh with two two hundred and
2: ninety-seven. Okay, Rod, you're a lot closer. Yeah, was actually three
0: hundred
1: and thirty-five. Okay, I'm somewhere I, around three hundred. Was, there was more. <laughs> I'm thinking about this season when we when we're actually actually scoring about 30 points a game.
2: Yeah, well, I, I, I tried my best to give you a chance, Brooks.
1: Uh, you know, I you know
2: you're, up, you're, you're up against that. the Browns trivia master.
0: Well, I didn't really prove that tonight. I can tell you, chef. <laughs> missed, I missed some <mean, laughs> I missed some questions I should have gotten as a master, but. Um, Anyways, that was that was fun. Uh, good job putting that together, Jeff and, and uh, Brooks. Nice job of, of competing.
1: Hey, anything to honor Alex Trebek? That's right, right, that's right. So, uh,
0: you know, guys, let's uh, let's throw out some predictions for the Texans game. Whatever you guys want to predict, score um, and or individual performances for the game. And, Brooks, as the guests, we're going to let you go first here, too.
1: Yeah, so I would say the Texans' strength, I feel like, on defense is their defensive line. And uh, by all accounts, even without Wyatt Teller, the, you know, the sack numbers and stuff on the Browns have been pretty good this year. So I think offensively, I'm going to expect them to put up you know, in the 30s again. Every game that they've won, they've scored 30 or more. So I'll say around... 35. That's about what they put up on the Bengals and Washington. Them uh, Texans. I think we'll definitely have some is- definitely give up some plays to Watson and uh, you know that that offense that they got going. On. So I'll end on 35 24. 35 24. Okay.
0: What do you think, Jeff?
2: Well, that's pretty close. I, I had written down 34 21. Um. That gets us to 55 and the over under. What'd you say? It was 53 and a half or something. Yeah,
1: 53 um,
2: and a half. Yeah. So I, I think um, you know. I, I, again, I whiffed you know against the Raiders, thinking that that was going to be our high-scoring game.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, weather, weather. Too. But
2: I think it, yeah, I think in, in better weather conditions, um, this this actually should be perfect weather conditions for for football. Um, I think you know getting guys healthy. Um, and again, assuming that, that Baker plays, um, I think the Browns, you know, probably put up a pretty good, um, uh, pretty good number. I'm going to go with 34 and I think our defense is going to put it together, um, and, and figure out how to stop Deshaun Watson, Watson, or, or at least hold him to three touchdowns.
0: Yeah, and I, I agree. I I think that the defense is going to surprise some people in this game. I just I just feel like they have a, a, a pretty good performance coming, and I think I think the overall score is going to be. I'm going to take the under. I don't know why. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy, I, but I think the Browns win 28-17 um, to to break that mold of scoring 30 points in every win. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just feel like maybe the defense, uh, maybe there's going to be something a little different this week. And and, uh, you know, whether it's turnovers or whether they get some key stops. But um, I just think they're going to I think they're going to play tougher this week. Um, We'll see what happens. So. All right, guys. Uh, I think we're going to close down shop. Uh, Brooks like to give you a chance to to leave everybody with some words of wisdom or some parting words whatever you prefer
1: well after my uh jeopardy round i'm not sure words of wisdom would be the right term for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh i guess my uh closing remarks would be that no matter uh, i kind, kind of to hit on what we were talking about earlier no matter how the end of the season goes i feel like the the narrative of the Browns team that we've seen the past five, six years, I think with this head coach and whether you believe Baker is the answer or not, I feel like it's got to be put to bed. I think the the talent is too good. The coaches are too good. Barry and seem to have a great relationship. Uh, So, you know, maybe I'm always a little bit too optimistic and maybe that's what being a Browns fan for your whole life will do to you. But I'm I'm excited for not only the rest of the season but the years to come. So,
0: well, it's not what it does to most people, but I'm glad it does it to you because you know <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of done that to me a little bit too, or or maybe it's just the kind of people we are. I don't know. Uh, Jeff, I'm gonna, gonna let you have a uh, couple minutes say whatever you'd like to say. Also, okay,
2: um, the Browns have. Um, in, in nine of the last 12 quarters looked absolutely horrible against pretty good teams. Um, it's time for them to rebound. It's time for them to take this bye week and good health and put it all together. Um, I don't expect a perfect game this week but I expect them to look competitive this week. And I think that will go a long way toward telling us what the second half of the season is going to look like. There still will be plenty of room for growth. So let's not panic. Even if things don't go exceedingly well against the Texans, there's no need to panic. As we said, they're still going to have a good record this year um, and they will have grown. So, Hey, let's sit back and enjoy the second half of the season, and, and hopefully, we look back and say, yep, they exceeded our expectations this year.
0: That's right. You guys can follow Jeff at Disposer Guru, follow me at Clearod B, and you can follow our guest, Brooks Hinton, at Brooks H10. This has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.